Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast, brought to you by Line 6. Line 6 is a musical instruments manufacturing company that specializes in guitar amp and effects modeling and makes guitars, amps, effects pedals, and multi-effects. We introduce the world's first digital modeling amp, and we're behind the groundbreaking pod, Multi-Effect, which revolutionized the industry with an easy way to record guitar with great tone. Line 6 will always take dramatic leaps so you can reach new heights with your music. And now your host, A.L. Levy. All right, welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. I am A.L. Levy, and I am back from my month-long break. It actually wasn't a break. I've been working this entire time except for one horrible week where I didn't have a computer or a phone, and I felt completely disconnected from the world. And I recommend that everybody do that at some point. Uh, Impose it on yourself just so that you understand how much you are tied to these digital leashes. Um, This past week has been fucking terrible but uh and i know it's a first world problem but holy shit um so those of you guys listening who i know are addicted to facebook addicted to your phones addicted to video games addicted to anything with a screen try to uh disconnect yourself at some at some point when you can it's uh it's kind of enlightening um so anyways on this episode Wanted to bring someone that those of you who watch Nail the Mix may be familiar with. Um, you've heard me talking about him sometimes. But the uh, reason that he's coming on is because a lot of you guys ask us always and forever how to get a job in the industry. Or you tell us you want to work for us. Or how can you get a job at a studio? Or how can you... How can you make it happen? And um, this dude is 21 and already works for Andrew Wade and us, meaning URM. Uh, we fly him around to do Nail the Mix with us and have been training him to uh, film stuff and knows what he's doing. And for us to share somebody with Wade, first of all, is a big deal. And second of all, for us to trust some kid that was born in 1996 with it is another big deal. And I know a lot of 30-year-olds who couldn't handle the same responsibility. So I wanted to talk to him about uh, how he made it happen and advice for those of you who are trying to uh, you know, work for somebody cool and get your name out there and maybe some things not to do because, man, had some hellish interns in the past that have done nothing but cause problems. So anyway, dude's name is Nick Pilata. Um Hi, Nick. Hi, Al. How are you? I'm okay. I feel like... Uh, I feel like I was just hanging out with you a couple hours ago filming stuff. <laughs> no, we definitely weren't just hanging out three hours ago. Yeah, I know. So, Thank you for those kind words also, by the way. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I mean, it's true. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable by harping about your age, but I do think that that's a big deal. Um, no, no, I, I fully understand that, yeah. that's That's kind of the biggest thing that everyone brings up, too, with me is like, holy shit, you're 21? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I can't change that, but yeah. (laughs) 
Well, you know? uh, I I don't know. I know a lot of people would have been would have killed for those types of opportunities when they were twenty one. But uh, so I want to start by talking about something that me and you were actually talking about yesterday. Okay. Uh, I know that when we first talked about bringing you on here, mm-hmm. you didn't want to say that you went to Full Sail. Um, and I understand why. It's kind of like when I used to live in Boston and I went to Berkeley, um, a lot of the local studios had something against Berkeley kids. And one of the first times that I went to a studio to just check it out, um, and I told them I was from Berkeley, they were like, oh, really? You probably shouldn't say that around here. Yeah. Um, I was like, why? I like in my mind, it was like, doesn't that mean I'm serious? Like, wouldn't you want me? Right. Like, since I go to Berkeley, like, wouldn't you like take me more seriously than just some dude? And he's like, no, the Berkeley kids all think that they're the hottest shit ever. They have horrible work ethic. And so they're kind of generally a joke around Boston and obviously got a lot of Berkeley people listening. And, uh, if this doesn't apply to you, then cool. But, uh, uh, I'm sure it applies to some of you guys. So, uh, take a long, hard look in the mirror and make sure that this isn't you. But those are the same reasons that you didn't want to talk about the fact that you went to full sale on this podcast. And I can tell you that I've had some terrible, terrible interns, come from Full Sail um, yeah. as well. And so it seems... No, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, that's that's kind of all all I hear too, is um, anywhere that I've interned really before Andrew was a lot of like, we've had negative experiences, not just with Full Sail, but just like in like any recording school. Like I've, I've gotten, like you said, Berkeley kids, uh, they've, they've had problems with Berkeley kids, places that I've worked at, they've had problems with like RECW workshop or whatever, the REC workshop in Ohio. They've had problems with that too. Like just the kids that like, just think that they like know the entire universe and, and, and no one, uh, no one is better than them kind of thing. Yeah. Did you, Tell me that uh, you guys had an intern that was basically telling Andrew that uh, his own mixes rule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone, someone's been talking like, uh, just talking about how you know, check my mixes out, and Andrew's like, I don't even want to hear them, kind of thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, not to sound like a dick or anything, but it, the thing about getting in with this kind of job as you know is uh part of it is having a, a really level head maintaining yeah. a level head and not being a cockbag right um, yeah that that's all it really is is just like knowing your place you know like even even if you're older but like if you start out you know at the bottom of the barrel that's where you are so like I, like for me to come in and just be like andrew all this shit sucks like that would be like really who are you nick like why would you even say that like why are you even here kind of thing and that's that's like the attitude that that a lot of people that i've known that went to school or that i went to school with kind of have where it's like uh they're they're the first ones to say no you're wrong kind of thing and it's like well okay well your attitude is just shit and no one's going to want to hang out with you or work with you or or hire you right that you know, too or, or yeah exactly want to work eight hours with you a day like no thank you that's kind of what happened with yeah well let me just say also it's not full sales fault right this is totally a certain 
type of attitude that students across the board get. But uh, right, I would like, for instance, um, you know, if you're going to go intern somewhere and they tell you what kind of DAW they work in, don't argue with them about what kind of DAW they work in. Mm-hmm. Um, either learn it. Or go try to intern somewhere else. That's just a for instance. Don't act like you know better. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that kind of what kind of what I'm getting at, or what I've come to realize is, it's really easy to get one of these jobs because there's so many people out there that uh, that have a horrible attitude or don't know what they're doing. That if you just Keep your head down and do a really, really good job, and are personable. Like uh, you'll end up in a situation like yours, where you've got multiple different people trying to share your time. Uh, like right now, you've got us, when Joey Sturges and Joel and Andrew sharing your time. So I think that that's kind of a big deal. Let's start. Um, how did you even get in with Andrew in the first place? How did you? How do you think that you managed to get past the, I guess, the first threshold, the hanging out threshold? Cool. Um, so my my story is kind of interesting. I mean, everyone probably says that, but like, uh, mine's almost like creepy, I guess. No, it's not really creepy, but like um, 16 years old then, uh, I'm sitting there skipping school, watching Andrew's Creative Lives and stuff because I was a super big fan of A Day to Remember Um super metalhead in high school and everything. Um, and I told myself like, I would love to work with Andrew, uh, at some point in my life at any point that I can. Uh, and then from there, all I did was just like practice and listen to that kind of genre to like try and get myself back up on that, like try and get myself focused on, on like how this genre is produced and everything and, and try and, and get all that stuff squared away. And of course my mom and dad were telling me, well, you need to go to college. You need to get an education, uh, that's important in this day of society and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, well, uh, I am super into music. Uh, and I was looking at either Berkeley or, uh, Full Sail. Um, I got in, uh, and I took a tour of Full Sail as well. And I knew that Andrew was in Ocala, which was like an hour and a half North of Orlando. So, and Orlando is where Full Sail is. So I just said, all right, I'll just go to Full Sail cause I'm closer to Andrew that way. And I can get in that way. Um, that's not creepy though. Uh, in my well, opinion, I, I know you're it, about to take it to another level, but, <laughs> uh, but we always tell people who are like, I live in a town of 5,000 people. I don't know why I'm not getting clients. Right. It's like, dude, you got to move. Yeah. So go on. No, absolutely. No, that, and that's, that's also kind of why I, cause I knew I wanted to go into music, but I lived in Pittsburgh at the time, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the music scene there is kind of shot, uh, to begin with. There's a lot of live music going on, but there's not much like going on, like recording wise to get clients and everything. Um, so that's why another reason why I wanted to get out as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, I went to full sale, uh, mainly with the entire sole intent of a, I needed to have a degree cause my parents wanted me to have a degree. Um, and B Andrew was in Florida. Um, <clears throat> so the time that I enrolled in full sale, which was like 2015. So I was, I just turned 18. Um, 
it was around the same time that Andrew was actually converting his studio from Ocala to Winter Park. He was at the time, I think, living with Jeremy from A Day to Remember, and they were working out of a house together, doing doing records together. Um, and so like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now he's basically, he was living super close to where I was going to school, which was great. Uh, so what I did from there uh, was basically... I knew I needed to make money. So from there I got like, I got a bunch of jobs with the school, like part-time jobs. And then I also found like two or three part-time jobs, like outside of school. And then also while taking the accelerated program of full sale, which is like two classes a month at like super, it's like rigorous. It's like, I guess you can, they, they describe it like one semester of classes is put into one month. Um, uh, okay. Okay. But the accelerated part of it is that there's two classes in one month. So it's essentially like two semesters worth of two classes put into one month. Got it. So, uh, and it's like a 22 month program and you leave with your, with your bachelor's. I feel like I'm, I'm like having an advertisement for this school right now, but, uh, that's basically, I just wanted to give you an idea of like what the workload was like. So, um, I was doing all that stuff and then, uh, I had, seen I had tried to make like add him on Facebook or whatever like I was following him on Facebook or something like that and I saw that Andrew had posted um that he was selling something on on this website called OfferUp and he was selling this old surround sound system that he didn't want anymore for like 80 bucks and at the time I had like $300 to my name um so I was like kind of broke but so you decided to invest in your own future yeah, I was but like, buy, screw it. By buying the surround sound yeah. system. Yeah, I was like, I'll hit him up and see if he even still is selling it. So I hit him up and he was still selling it for like 80 bucks. So I was like, screw it. I'll go get the money out now and drive to his house. So I drove to Andrew's house um, to buy this surround sound system that I had no need for, period. Um, but that was my chance to like meet him, shake his hand, like let him know who I am, kind of put a face to the name. And at that time I had like nothing prepared, like as like a human for like this job or like this career. So I was just like, uh, you know, like I, I'd love to help out if you ever need any help or anything, uh, in the future with like any recordings. And he was like, Oh, what's your studio name? And I was like, uh, I don't really have one. Uh, just here's my email. And I freaking gave him my like Yahoo email <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it. And like, we talked about like Pittsburgh for like five seconds and then I drove away and then. Uh, yeah, that was it. That was, that was the extent of my conversation with Andrew. Um, and then basically like a whole year passed of me, like working as much as I can to keeping my grades up as much as possible. You realize that to a lot of people that would have been it right there. Yeah. Like that would have been like, your goal was to meet Andrew or whatever. And you yeah. met him and for five seconds and that's it. No. Yeah. See, that's, that's that's obviously a cool thing to do to like meet like someone that I idolized as a kid and everything. But like, you know, obviously the goal is to work with him. And and I know like you said, like that would be like the extent of it for people. But like, man, it's you always got to think forward. I feel like and always got to be like, that's not enough. That's how I kind of live my life, which is kind of good and kind of bad at the no, same it's time. No, good. it's good. Like for instance, I remember when I was on my first tour ever, uh, yeah, uh, in the airplane on the way to Europe. Um, I was filling in for a band and I was, it was my first tour and also the other guitar player in the band's first tour, we were both filling in for this band and we were at the back, mm -hmm. uh, drinking and 
uh, he was like, I'm glad that I get to say that I did this. Yeah. Uh, if this never happens again. And I was like, really? Like, you want to be able to say that you did it once and, like, it never worked out again? Really? You'd yeah. be okay with that? To me, that would be the most depressing fucking thing to have gotten to the goal and then it right. only worked once. It was like, right. no way, dude. I'm going to turn this into my life. Um, exactly, exactly. That's 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 like what a lot of people in my life were like super negative at the time. Like when I when I had, when I actually had met him, like like my girlfriend at the time was like uh, just not thinking forwardly like about my life too or whatever. Like and the people I was with and, and my, my parents were always super supportive and super like stoked that I met him and everything. But like a lot of my friends were like, yeah, that's like a one-time thing kind of thing. And, and you got to think like, well, you know, okay, if you want to think that that's fine, but I'm going to keep pushing to like make this my career kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's like, how can you have that mindset of this is it? And then if this ends, I can, I can be happy and satisfied. It's like, well, I would be crazy depressed if I didn't do this because this is what I wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So good. Uh, so I don't think that's a bad attitude. I think it's a necessary attitude. So yeah, a year went by. Yeah. Basically like a whole year went by of me just like saving up some money, like basically, you know, doing the college thing of just like eating whatever you can. That's not, you know, $10 a meal, like going out to eat. Like I would just like do the whole college thing and saving up money. Um, and then I had, from meeting Andrew uh, through OfferUp or whatever, we became friends on Facebook. So that was cool. And then by doing that, though, um, I remember I had like a really shitty day. It was it was such a shitty day. My, my car had broken down. The radiator went and it overheated. And then on my way home uh, from like stopping and stalling every five seconds, the tire went flat. And like, it was just a super crummy day. And I remember I, I got home. Sounds like my Wednesday last week. Yeah. It sounds, it's, I was going to say, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> certain similar situation that just happened with you. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I finally get home and I'm like, I just want to lay down and like scroll through Facebook and not do anything today. Like that, it was one of those kind of days. Um, and of course, like this, the first thing that popped up on my feed was, is it was Andrew posting on Facebook, is anyone around today? Um, I need some help building some things at the studio. Uh, hit me up if you're interested. And I like, ha- it, would, no, it was like, it was like just now, you know how like the Facebook post thing says like just now. So like, mm-hmm. he legitimately had just posted it. So like, I was like the, f- like one of the first people to like hit him up. Like immediately, like, I immediately sent him a message on Facebook and I don't even think he said anything besides like the address and was just like, see you there. And I was like, okay, cool. So I drove there, uh, straight to the address, uh, the next day. I know I just said like my tire went and everything, but that's because literally I had my roommate drop me off. (laughs) (laughs) So like I get there and in like the entire day to remember band is there practicing that day, which was super weird, uh, to see like all this all happen like one day. And then, uh, yeah, we started like, he just like Andrew showed up and then we started like, he immediately, we immediately started working together. Like he immediately was like, all right, I need like these wood, these, this wood to go down on the floor. (laughs) I was like laying hardwood floor and like staining the concrete floor. You know, I mean, you, you own Mm -hmm. the studio B or rent studio being here. So you know what the floors are like the studio B drum room floor needed to put down. We needed to stain all of the floors in the studio. Um, the apartment needed done, all that stuff. Like it was, it was basically just like walls 
Um, so any pictures that you see now, like everything that's been put up, uh, I had some sort of hand in. Yeah. So everyone listening, uh, if you see the studio where we do nail the mix or you look on Andrew's page and you look at his super nice studio, or you look at the pictures I've been posting of us filming or whatever, that's the audio compound studio. Uh, that's the studio that I've been renting for the past year and now URM took over and uh, they've been basically building it by hand for like the past two years and it's pretty gorgeous yeah I I came in at a time when like uh, there was no one it was literally just like Andrew and the dude that's been building it out, Joel. Uh, He's like a local like just guru of building places. He's he's helped with a lot of things. He's helped Jeremy out with personal things for his house and stuff and all that kind of thing. So this guy is super smart and it was literally just Andrew and, and him from what I understand building like the foundation of the place. And then he just needed some extra hands to like put like the actual cool shit up, like the, the different panels and obviously the flooring and everything too. So, all right. But I'm sure that you're not the only person who helped build stuff. Like how does, how did it go from that to suddenly you're editing his vocals? Yeah, so it, it was like I had actually I started with uh another kid Bailey at the time uh who's a super awesome guy. Um and we had just we both were the only ones that were helping Andrew at the time. So Andrew and I and Bailey were basically building out the studio for the first 3 months that I was there. Um and then uh because we had just been uh building so much we needed to, or Andrew, I guess, needed to start working with clients again and everything. So he would let me sit in on sessions with him and I could ask any questions that I want in return for, you know, building the studio out or whatever. So, uh, we got a client in or a band in, uh, and they, I, I offered at the time I was like, Hey, you know, so like, obviously I would love to do more than just build the studio out. Um, I have experience in audio, um, I would love to tune these vocals for you tonight to to show you what I'm capable of um, to get these tune or to get these back to you. Um, and he was like, "All right, yeah, sure." Um, and he gave me the files that night. I had to go to school that night, and then after school, um, I just did the the tuning, brought it back the next morning, and we sat there. And he was like, "All right, it's judgment time," and put played them. And he was like, "Oh wow, this is actually usable. Um, this is great." Uh, and then from there we like sat on the couch and he was like, so yeah, I want you to, to officially know that like you're my intern, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's kind of how it started with just me taking the initiative. It was funny about that situation where, uh, it all was just like a sudden, like, you know, you need to take advantage of this opportunity right now mm-hmm. about like helping build stuff or you want to tune vocals, Best, get it done by the morning. Um, yeah. Those I've encountered those types of situations with quite a few people, and mm-hmm. that right there, that first impression, could go such a long way towards ensuring gainful employment. And so many people drop the ball on that. Like, if you get the opportunity, get the shit done fast. Right. That's that's how I think too. Where it's like he's at least offering, you know. To, to, to potentially trust you with like 
like big records, you know, like edits that will go on big records. Like, why wouldn't you be excited to get that done immediately? Like, I don't understand how people would be like, yeah, well, I got to check my schedule. I got my part-time job I got to go to. So like, can I get it to you in like three days? It's like, no, you no, gotta get it to but that's, tomorrow. But I've gotten that, like, uh, that's normal. That's right. And, and I think Andrew has too. And yeah, of course, of course he has. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he has multiple times. And, uh, a lot. I've I've gotten the response like through email from people who like took four days instead of one day, um, mm-hmm. and you know they were kind of angry. Like, sorry, dude, I have to like make a living too. It's like, well, sorry, dude, you're the one who wanted the opportunity. Right. And there's another kid who did get it done in one night. So like John Douglas, who uh, has been on this podcast, and we're mm-hmm. you're gonna actually film him next week. Um, a lot of people who listen to this know who he is. Um, he, you know started off assisting me and has graduated to bigger and better things. But it was kind of like that when I tried him out, he got that shit done fast. Mm -hmm. Like he was not fucking around, um, in terms of getting it back to me. Uh, whereas a lot of other people did, man, they just took, and it's not even like they took two months. It's like they took three days as opposed to getting it to me that night or the next morning. Yeah. And and the thing with Andrew is like, he always told me like, you know, this isn't paid work, so I can't expect you to do it. You know what I mean? It, it's like, it's on me. And that's, that's the thing. Like it was all free labor. So it's all like my volunteering. So he can't be like, yeah, I need this to you. I need this by tomorrow. He just like, yeah, uh, if you want to try it, go ahead. It's up to you to, to take the initiative to, to be the better you know, just the better you that you can be and like get that stuff to him, you know, the next day or him or her the next day. Like that. Yes. It's, it's up to you to impress him. Like that's all there is to it. It's not like, so when people take that attitude of like, well, I've got to make a living. Oh, I've got my schedule. I've got things that, you know, pay me or I already pay for that. I need to prioritize. It's like, well, look, um, you know, that's the opportunity. Uh, of course, like, we can't make you do it because we're not paying you, but, uh, you know, right. it's up to you if you want to impress us or not. Yeah, it would always. it was always like, if you can get it to me and it's good and it's timely, like this could lead to paid work. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's, and I think, I feel like that's, that's kind of how, uh, how I start with URM too, where it's like, if, yes, you know, if, if you do it timely and well, this could lead to, you know, an actual career and an actual job with, you know, money. <laughs> That's what I've always told people. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that some people thought that I, you know, who didn't get it told me that I was lying. It's like, no, yeah. you just took too long. Um, you know, right. you look, someone else came who yeah. wanted it more. Yeah. John Douglas definitely didn't think I was lying. And, uh, you didn't you right like so with urm well first of all the reason that i gave you a shot with urm was because of you going to atlanta yeah so we should probably talk about that i guess then well i guess that kind of wraps up the story with andrew where it's like yeah i i offered to do free work for him and 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 in return like i i i don't know i guess i did free work for him and uh and then he liked it so much that he let me have a shot at it. And then he taught me basically everything that he knows. And so now I have worked on every single record that he's done in the past year and a half in some way. Um, one of the bigger ones being the new Wage War record, um, which is really cool. Which sounds great. So, 
Yeah, it's a really killer record. And yeah, and you're not an intern anymore with him. Right. Yeah. Now it's it's uh I'm basically like his assistant engineer. Yeah. Uh, so it's so, really cool. So just to let people know a little background on me, I was at a studio in Florida and I left in 2014 and I moved back to Atlanta and uh, I had a lot of gear that I took back to Atlanta with me um, and I never planned on coming back to Florida. But one day I saw a post by Andrew that he was building a studio and wanted somebody for his beer room to rent it. And I don't know why it just like something told me I needed to get on that immediately. And I did. I think I responded within five minutes of him posting it. Like yeah. something just very similar stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really, really good at spawning an opportunity and pouncing. Like I've yeah. always been really good at that. And absolutely, it's actually gotten me um, really far in life. Whereas, I, cause I've never been like a star kind of person. Uh, there's always been people who are better known or whatever, but, uh, I've just always known when to jump on something opportunity wise. Like it's always been like, I don't know. I think some people don't see it like kind of like they're colorblind to it. To me, it's very clear. Like it's obvious. Yeah. yeah it's, I feel like, I feel like we're in the same boat with that. Like it's almost obvious when you see the opportunity happen and like, yeah, pounce just, on it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like beckoning you. So, right. Um, so the thing with that studio was that it was like at that point, nine months away from being even usable and that turned into over a year. So yeah. for over a year, I was living in Atlanta. My gear was like in storage and Andrew's studio wasn't even like a thing. It was just a, a future thing. And yeah, I kind of retired from recording bands, but uh, that at some point, um, I guess you wanted to use the B room, and I wanted someone to use the B room too because I wasn't going to be there all the time, and uh, it was kind of like I was paying for it for no reason. Uh, well, y you had started to want to do URMs yeah. in the B room, um, and so you bought a desk. Uh, and, uh, I built the one that is in all the pictures in the front desk. And I think Bailey built the nail, the mix one that we use that's mm -hmm. in the back corner. Um, but, uh, I had kept helping you in the nail the mixes cause it was one weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The idea was to, to turn it into like a video studio, like it is now, but right. it was like, so infrequent that yeah. it was kind of stupid for a while and mm -hmm. like it wasn't ready and it was just like uh i don't know it just i just had faith that it was going to come together but mm -hmm. oh yeah at some point it was like okay uh now it's ready and nail the mix should use it because i've mm -hmm. been paying for it or will pay for it but my gears in atlanta right so yeah, you had, you had wanted to do that. So I got the room set up, I built the desk and then there was no, obviously no gear. Um, and, and I said, well, where's the gear at or where's the gear located? It was half your shit was an audio hammer and half of it was in Atlanta. So again, my roommate at the time, 
uh, Jacob, uh, he, the one that's the same one that drove me, uh, he offered to help me, um, get your gear from audio hammer as well. So we got a U-Haul, drove up to audio hammer, got all the stuff that was, uh, in audio hammer, put it on a U-Haul, brought it back, dumped it here. And then I was like, okay, so that's half the gear. And you said the rest of it's in Atlanta. And you said, yeah. And I was like, okay. And you had told me, you said, if you can get studio B set up, uh, you can use it whenever you want. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like the same thing as like the opportunity that Andrew extended before that we were right. talking about. It's like, yeah, I mean, I know it's a big ask to be like, Hey, you, if you set it up, you can use it. But Hey, at the same time, it's a big opportunity. It's like, right. If you yeah. set it up, you can use it. I just don't, uh, yeah, I, I, how, I don't understand how I would have been able to say no to that. Cause literally this gear is obviously incredible. You are, you know what gear you have. So like the fact that, you know, you said if you set it up, you can use it whenever you want, whenever we're not using it for now, the mix, I immediately was like, all right, perfect. So obviously my piece of shit car that I was driving at the time couldn't get me to Atlanta. So I went and rented like a huge ass SUV just for a day. Cause I was still kind of broke. Um, I literally rented it for 24 hours. So I, I had gotten it, uh, in the afternoon, one day drove straight to Atlanta, got to your storage space, filled up the SUV with as much as I could, uh, slept there for like three hours and then drove back to get the SUV back in time because I only rented it for a day. Um, but I went to Atlanta and back in one day to get the rest of that gear so that I could potentially set this gear up because Andrew was also training me at the time to be able to work with local bands as well or like work with bands too. So I was like, damn, like I may as well do this. Why wouldn't I do this? This is such a great opportunity. And then I got it fully set up and then the nail of mixes started to look cooler because it was more of a setup. Um, and I got to use it, uh, for any of the edits that I did for Andrew, I was using the room. And then I also was working with bands on my own, which I still am doing whenever you're, you guys aren't here, uh, using it for nail the mix. So it's worked out really, really well. And again, it just comes down to like, I could have easily just said, no, I don't want to drive to Atlanta, but like, that would be so dumb because I feel like I wouldn't have any of the, uh, opportunities that I have now if I didn't just do that one thing? Probably not, because you probably would have just been, at that point, just some other intern kind of kid whose name I forget. Right. Which is most. Like, uh, that right there impressed me enough to where then I started talking to Joey and Joel about uh, we should keep an eye on you. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, with the... It's a big ask to be like, hey, drive to Atlanta from Orlando. But uh, I guarantee you 49 out of 50 people would have been too busy or would have been like, I don't know about gas. I'm broke or whatever. But what would have ended up happening would have been that you wouldn't have gotten the gear. And then at some point, I would have just paid for my own U-Haul and gotten it myself yeah. yeah, And then you wouldn't have ever made that really positive impression. And when we would start looking for somebody to employ, we would have just gone through who we already knew. Right. That's the thing. Like, I, I feel like 
opportunities, you have to make your own opportunity or else like nothing will really come. That's, that's been my experience so far with like anything that I've done in my life, like career wise, or even just like what I do personally in my life. Like you have to make your own opportunities to, to, to pop up. Like no one else is going to do it for you. Like you're not going to, it's not like you're going to come to me and be like, Hey, you know, go to Atlanta or like, you know, do this for me. I had to like ask, like, can I go there to get it to set it up for you kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 and that's, and I think that's where everyone, everyone will say it's so hard to get a job or it's so hard to like find work uh, in audio or it's or like your life is so awesome. How do you work with Andrew? Like, how, like that's so sick. It's like, well, I, I only thing I can tell you is that I wanted it and I made it happen. And like, Andrew talks about the same thing in his life where he, he, he'll discuss like, not for one second, did I think this wouldn't happen. And that's kind of where I'm at too, where like, I, I never once in my life doubted that I wouldn't work for Andrew. And if I did everything I could to make that happen, I would love, I, I did it. And, and with that brought so many awesome opportunities with you, with meeting Joey, with meeting Jewel, with meeting every single person that's happened and nail the mix, every single producer that we've brought on. Um, but I think I don't know if I can speak for you. Obviously, this is your opinion as well. But like, I feel like um, my girlfriend at the time now, uh, not at the time, my girlfriend now uh, lives in Nashville uh, and Billy Decker's thing in April um, was going on. And I knew uh, that you guys were going there. So I had thought, like, I remember calling you at the middle of the night because I know you were up and I was like, hey, uh, do you guys need help with the Nail the Mix in, in, in April uh, for Billy Decker? I would love to, to volunteer and come help. And you were like, you don't have to, but you can, if you want to, again, the same situation. So I, I just took the four days off from working yeah, with Andrew. Yeah, but you're leaving something out, which is I told you that, uh, we would absolutely cover no expenses or pay for it. Right. That, that's another thing you said. We can't pay you. We can't pay for what you're doing. We can't pay you to do anything, but if you want to come help, by all means come. So I drove, uh, I've spent, keep in mind, this is just to anyone. I've spent so much of my own personal money and I'm broke as hell. Like I, like I was broke. Uh, now I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not rich at all, but I, I, I can like pay rent, which is cool, you know? <laughs> but, uh, I was spending so much of my own money and I, I still kind of do, uh, in some aspects, like just for different random things, like for the Nashville thing, I drove to Nashville from Orlando, um, to, to do this. Uh, and then also like, uh, you know, just be, I think the one thing that I always get with Joel is like, uh, I knew Joel liked green juice or whatever. So the first day that you showed up or whatever, I had a green juice ready for Joel and he just like is so stoked on that. And I think he keeps calling, telling me that. So yeah, well, like it's small things like that, that like make a huge difference. If, if like, you know, like what someone likes and, and, uh, and, and, and you can get that and like show and show up without even being told to go get a green juice. Like that's that again, like sets you apart from the other one else. Another thing that I do with Andrew is I don't know if anyone knows of, um, the data remember webisodes that go on, like the homesick and common courtesy webisodes. But I remember, uh, one of them, uh, th- Andrew requested Big Boss, his alter ego, requested from the guys to go get like a uh, a pink pink icing, rainbow sprinkled donut or some shit like that from like Dunkin' Donuts or something. Uh, so that's that's like what I showed up with on the third day of like working with Andrew. 
And like that, I mean, that's, that's kind of tacky and stupid, but like, again, that's just another thing that like he, that that, that has to be implanted in his brain or if he doesn't remember who cares, but like, that's still like another thing that like might set you apart as to like, oh, he's the dude that brought that, you know, haha, even if it's funny or even if it's a joke, at least he can like relate something to your name. That way he doesn't forget you. That's like, which is really easy which can happen very easily. Right. Yeah, like you said, like it's super easy to like forget names of people um if you don't do something that like sticks out. So just doing something small like that um just pops your name out more and like makes you known. Like I didn't I that's the first time I had met Jewel uh was when I gave him that green juice whatever at Billy Decker's place, but since then like we've obviously become friends and like through working uh at Nail the Mix in April helping you out, I feel like maybe that's what uh helped you know me secure some sort of job or the job with you guys that i have yeah so because nick did that went to nashville not just went but you did a great job so that was the other part of it was that you kind of got thrown in the deep end and did a great job to where we were like all right um we we can try this again so we tried you out again and for the uh, architects one in mm-hmm. June and then we're like alright cool so now just so everyone knows we're, we flew Nick out uh, to LA in July flying him with us to Sweden in September um, and we've got a few more Nail the Mix trips planned between now and the end of the year and you're going on every one of them so and getting paid for it too so that's like a uh that's a big shift. Right. Yeah, it's 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 a big life shift for me. Uh just just doing something that I felt would try and set me apart to just try and secure, you know, something with you guys because obviously I respect, you know, you and Joey and Joel um so much like I would love to be part of the company. So what can I do to be a part of the company? That's like my mindset with everything. It's like, okay, well what can I do? Okay, well, I know that I have a place to stay in Nashville. Okay, great. So I'll go there and just on my own dime and and try and secure something and work as hard as I can and like it's it's it all just comes back to it's not hard. It's not hard to uh to, to just be a cool dude. I feel like maybe it is, I don't know. It just comes, uh, I'm not saying I'm a cool dude or whatever, but it just comes easy to just be like, uh, personable and like work hard. Like those are, those are things that I, I feel like I've never had an issue with because why not? Like, uh, if, if you're awkward, like you're never going to get, you know, opportunities that might arise, you know, if, if, if you're just kind of cool and mellow and like able to work hard, th- th- that's yeah, the, those well, are the biggest things. In our- in our situation, I mean, it, we're not with Nail the Mix. We're not recording bands, but um, if we're going to be taking someone around the world with us to meet, like, to work with all these really badass mixers and producers, um, we need someone that's not going to make us look like an idiot. You know, yeah, you're, you're, they're representing us, so we would not be able to have someone who couldn't hang. It just wouldn't work. Right. And I'd get mad. I, I feel like it would just, it would like only like make things harder because <laughs> it's already stressful enough, like flying all the equipment and everything. And then having someone that like is just hard to work with, uh, in any situation 
whether it's like, you know, the nail the mix situation or just working with them eight hours a day in a studio setting, you know, working close to them, like being in the same room as them the whole day, like you need to be personable, you need to be, uh, friendly, even hygiene things, things like smelling good. Like you don't want to like work eight hours in a studio. Like if I like reeked and just sat next to Andrew the whole day, like, like leaning over his shoulder, watching what he's doing, I feel like he'd be like, oh dude, like this is like really awkward. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and in Florida, it's easy. Yeah. To especially do that. in Florida too. So it's just, it's, it's stuff like that. Like just being on top of, of that. And it, it's doing a lot of stuff that a lot of people might feel like they're too good for. Right. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's like, Oh, I'm too good for this. I'm too good to, uh, to, to sweep the floor or I'm, I'm too good to, to take out the trash. It's like, yeah, I'm not even an intern anymore. I'm, I'm paid to work here and I still like will clean the countertop off or like, you know, take the trash out. Cause like, that's just being a cool dude. That's being a good dude. Well, it's also like, you know, when they talk about like the, the millionaire restaurant owner who still will lay out silverware or on that show yeah. Shark Tank yep. uh, that everybody watch whenever. I mean, I know it's a TV show and stuff, but those are real deals that they make. And mm-hmm. I love it when uh, they'll they'll get someone on there who thinks that they're like too good to like give away a certain amount of the company or too yeah. good too good to to um take a financial hit versus their employees or too good to do this or too good to do that and then you'll get Mark Cuban just strike them down and yeah. be like no fucking way if you feel like you're too good to like do the work I don't want to work with you Exactly that's one of my favorite shows cuz I feel like that um that mindset is what I always want to be thinking of like, uh, just like watching how people react to people who actually have money kind of thing where it's like, how do you, how do they respond? I think it's fascinating, like watching people's pitches. And like, like you said, watching people who think like, uh, you don't deserve that much of my company. Well, like he's the one that's going to fund you like the money that you asked for. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's fascinating. And I think that, um, yeah, it's just really cool. Yeah. It's just really cool. I agree. Um, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good way to put it. So hey, I've got some questions from our crowd. Um, so I cool. told them you were coming on, and since you're doing what a lot of people want to do, uh, we got some questions. So here's one from Elidor Madar. Um, he said, "I'd like to know how to work faster under a busy schedule." Seems like you're the guy to ask. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of a tricky question. Cause like, it, again, it all comes down to like how much you, you want it. So I was a full-time student. I had four part-time jobs when I started interning for Andrew. And then I was also interning for Andrew. So it's like, I, I, I was always constantly busy, but I also always had things to turn in for Andrew the next day. So like I was working and maybe sleeping like two hours a night, maybe like just because, you know, school would start at nine. I'd, I'd get out of one, immediately go to the studio till like four, start my part-time job from like four to like seven thirty. By the time I get back, everything that was recorded, it needs to be edited now. So like from eight till however long I needed to do, I'd do the edits. And then obviously my other part-time jobs would come at different times uh, too. But like, 
it was like constant go, 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 go. And for a while, for like eight months of my life, I think I was sleeping like a total of like two hours a night. I was doing like 120 hour work weeks, but like, that's just kind of like what you, I feel like that in my personal experience, that's what you need to do. Uh, if you, if you want to like get to the point where you can kind of then control your schedule, but it's all about time management. That's the biggest thing, uh, is like not wasting time. Like, I feel like I don't know, I don't even know what the statistics are about like social media and everything, but I feel like everyone just like scrolls there for like, you know, two hours a day and like wastes time like that. Like I was just like so gung ho about like working uh, constantly that like you just need to to stay focused and and manage your time properly to where. Well, when you talk about time management, I know you're very organized. Yeah, I I, I do things by a schedule. Uh, that's that's like the best thing you can do is like regiment yourself to be like, all right, you know, it's eight a.m. I need to go to the gym, or like it's it's now nine o'clock. Let's eat breakfast before we start working. Uh, like that's that's kind of how I live my life. Um, for a while, I didn't, <laughs> but I've realized quickly uh, the more things that I brought into my life, the more I needed to be better with my time, or else I just get overwhelmed and like anxiety would come and all that stuff. So like. You definitely need to, uh, well, again, it's my opinion, but I would make a schedule that you can always set to be like, all right, so this is my time to edit. Like I need to do all these edits in this time. And if I don't, I got to go over. Um, and that's like going to push you to keep working harder and working faster, uh, but also working accurately. Um, or like, this is my time that I, I have to be at school. So I have to go to school. So like, you just automatically take that chunk of time out of your day. Cause you know, you have to be there kind of thing. Um, and then any time that you, you need to go into your sleep schedule, that's, that's what I had to do where it's like, okay, well, this is when I should be sleeping, but I need to work. So it's like, it's like a, it's a game of like take give and take or whatever, you know, of like, well, I, I could further my career, uh, or I could sleep another two hours. And that's kind of, you know, where I think a lot of kids will like, especially at my age, like dude, at uh, your age is the time to fucking do that. Like, yeah. Once you get past 30, you can't, you just can't like, yeah. I, and it goes down every year. Like you can't be pulling the two hour a night anymore. So like those people listening, that are like under 25 and you have opportunities. Now is the time to fucking redline yourself. Right. Cause I don't have a, I don't have a family. Like I don't have like, like crazy mortgages or anything. So like now is the time to like, just like slave away at work and like focus on work before like eventually that time comes where I do start to have a family or I, or I, I do buy a house and like, that's when it's like, all right, well now these things matter and all that kind of stuff. So, but for now, like it's just time to work, work, work and, and stay focused and stay humble and keep driving, uh, your, your passion forward and, and not taking, you know, I, I don't think I took a day off for like eight months, eight or nine months from like when I first started with Andrew until, I think it was like the end of the wage will record in November of last year. Like it was constant. So, um, yeah. So when you talk about time management, besides the schedule, did you adopt any system you read anywhere? Like I know a lot of people like the getting things done system or did you just read just like, I'm just going to schedule my time and that's, that's it. I, I don't, I, I tried to like get into like reading books or like, like watching seminars and stuff, but it was just like, I can, I feel like I'm smart enough to do this on my own. So like that, that's kind of, I mean, honestly, yeah. dude, 
It's not that complicated. It's not hard. It's not hard to be like at 8 a.m. I need to do this and you do it. Like that's, <laughs> I don't need to like watch a hundred dollar seminar to be told what to do with my time and everything kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like, or like buy a $40 book to, to learn about my time management. But like, again, I understand like reading those things and don't get me wrong, reading those things and watching those things like will make you better. And if you do need them, then definitely pay the money for them. Yeah, exactly. If you do, if you, if you are unmotivated to like, if you can't do that yourself and you need someone to tell you to do it or like push you to do it, like if that's all it takes, then that's what it needs to take. Um, cause there are some people, I guess like that too. But for me personally, uh, I've always just done things for myself and I'm like, I, I just like pushed myself to do it. Um, and it's self-motivation. It's, it's like a constant fear of failure. Um, so that pushes me to like work hard and plan things out to where I don't fail. Does that make sense? Yes. I, that, it's like I, I'm constantly worried or for a while when I was interning with Andrew, I was constantly like on edge that like at any point now, some random dude's going to come in and show me up and, and like, and do all these things that are way better than me. And I'll be, you know, kicked to the curb and not be working with him anymore. And like, that's, that was my mindset for a while of just like, that uh, honestly, that should be your mindset throughout your life. And yeah. I, like, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I don't have those kinds of feelings like someone's going to replace me at the company I own, but we have to think of competitors. Uh, you know, right. what, what if someone someday comes along and kicks us to the curb in terms of what they offer? And if we don't keep that like front and center, someone will. Right. Exactly. Like, like they, they will eat our lunch. Exactly. That's, that's exactly like what I was thinking constantly is just like, if I don't do this now, and if I don't get these edits to Andrew tomorrow, someone else will. So I need to do this now kind of thing. And that's, that's how I've lived. That's how I still work. Even though like things are, you know, kind of not set in stone, but like things are like way better than how they were before of uncertainty with my comp, with my career and everything. Yeah. So here's one from Luis Jaime, Jaime Flores. Luis. Uh, Hello, when you, Luis. Hi, Luis. When you were at the beginning of your career, did you ever feel like success was impossible to attain? I sometimes feel like I have tried everything and still see no results. I would like to know if you felt the same way and how you dealt with those feelings. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a great question because uh, I think that kind of ties into the fear of failure that I was talking about where like, even when like I do cool things like work uh, on the wage roll record, you know, I would sometimes go home at night and say like, I'm not doing anything with my life. Like this sucks. Like I'd, I'd have crippling self-doubt. Um, so that, that always like pushed me to, to like, I always felt like I always had that feeling of like crippling self-doubt, but I always like tried to push through it by like working harder, I guess. Yeah. And let me just say that, uh, like Daniel Day-Lewis, one of the greatest actors of all time, um, I was reading an interview with him and watching an interview with him and people were like, he was getting asked like how he, how, how he like had the courage to play some of those roles or did he yeah. worry that he couldn't? And he said that every single time he takes some role, like the dude from there will be blood or Abraham Lincoln or something crazy. Um, he like has a day where, He's basically in a fetal position and he's convinced that it's over and yeah. he's not going to be able to fucking do it ever. And like everyone's going to find out 
and then he just does it. Right. There and there are so many I've had so many days like that where it's just like you go home like super like bummed out and and depressed like <clears throat> I mean not depressed but like more like man I feel like I'm not doing good enough or like I feel like I'm not getting this done. So like how I would like cope with that or how I would deal with that is like I would immediately like just like leave the house uh, and like go try and do something or, you know, like it, I'd stay in the house, but I would like call, you know, my girlfriend or my mom or like my, my grandpa just to like talk. Uh, and like, luckily for me, I've had a super awesome, like supportive system. Um, people who like care about me, people who care about like m- my well being and my success and, and want nothing but the best for me. Uh, so I've had the ability to sit down and call these people and, and be able to talk about what's going on in my head and, and just get some sort of like reassurance that like, you know, you're doing the right thing or like someone's, someone's being able to tell me that you're doing the right thing and being able to like handle all your workload and, and essentially just find ways to relax. Um, yeah. To basically get yourself out of that mental state. Yeah. Right. It's like you go home and you're super crummy. Like you can sit there and be crummy and like, let it flow into the next day. Or, you know, you can just like sit there and watch the office with your girlfriend and like try and relax for the evening and, and let that, like, let your mind kind of sink back into like, things are okay. Like, it's not like this day is just one day. The next day will be even better. Like always, always go to bed, like thinking like tomorrow will be better or like tomorrow, what I did today was, was fine, but tomorrow will be better kind of thing. Yeah. uh, It's, you can, I mean, you can't control how the day went, but you can control how you react to it. Right. Um, and, you know, like, there's a lot of things you can do to put yourself in a better mood. Like, for instance, yeah. some people like working out. Some people just want to relax. Like, whatever it is, do something to change your mental state. Right. Yeah. I, I used to go for runs all the time. Um to try and like just clear my mind, uh, that, that worked for me, um, on top of like just chatting with, with, uh, someone that I cared about, about a completely different topic. Um, that stuff would, would calm my mind and and let me at least go to bed, like ready to go for the next day kind of thing. So cool. Here's one from Jaime Patricio Jesus, which is Nick. Congrats on the early success. When you came in as an intern, what did you expect to learn versus what you actually learned? And also, what did you do on your downtime away from Andrew Wade's studio? And also, it would be nice to know what level engineer you were before deciding to take up an internship. Okay, so uh, what did I expect to learn versus what I really learned working with Andrew? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I expected to learn, like, I don't even know. It's because you, you kind of, it's weird working with your idol uh, because, you know, you fantasize, like, I'll work with a data remember every day and, and I'll work with all the cool bands that he works with every day and it would be super cool. But, like, I mean, I've worked with the data remember guys before, like, once or twice, like, um, just doing random stuff. But I, honestly, I, I don't know what I expected it to be. I expected it to be, like, super movie like I guess and then I got here and it's like all right yeah here's a shit ton of work uh leave the room and do it <laughs> it's like okay cool <laughs> movie uh, movie like like uh yeah. <laughs> like what I want to hear what that I, like you show up and it's like all right Nick um you're here now so let's start mixing together and it's, <laughs> you know like let's start I, I need your ears because you're crucial to this 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 
project. And it's like, yeah, that's not true at all. It's more like, uh, Hey, um, this drummer sucks and I need these edits done. Uh, can you put it in time for me? And it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy can't, you know, play to a click track. Let's waste three hours of our lives fixing a drum thing that you could have just midied, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. That's what really happened. Um, <laughs> and but that's fine because like that's that's like what I want to do obviously like I I want to work with bands and when I wanted to work with that stuff but like it definitely wasn't like Nick I need you to to assist on my mix and make it sound better because Lord knows <laughs> that's not what I was going to do at the time um, uh, so yeah I expected that and all I got was work and I got a lot of knowledge though I uh, what was the second question what you do on your downtime, but I feel like you already covered that. You, yeah, I kind of explained that. Yeah. So the one, the other one was, where was I? Uh, before? As an engineer. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you did work at other studios. So yeah, yeah. we haven't I touched worked, on that at all, really. No, I worked uh, at another local studio here in Orlando, but I mean, it was a complete joke. I never sat in, I sat in the control room like twice and watched the dude like, record a rapper to like an mp3 and it was like this is not what i want to do with my life and uh all i would do is like sweep the floors and like just like try and hit up artists that would just laugh because it was a shitty studio um so like that was like kind of a bad taste in my mouth as to like working in a studio and then i went home for pittsburgh for two months at an internship uh at a studio in pittsburgh and that was the same kind of thing like the the engineer like wouldn't let me like watch him like he'd be like, I need you. I don't like people sitting over my shoulder. So like I'd have to like awkwardly sit in like the back of the room and like try and see his tiny screen, like what he's doing. Because like I, I didn't know what I was doing but other than like the random intern stuff of like constantly vacuuming the same floor or like cleaning the countertop that you cleaned yesterday that no one went into the kitchen yet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just doing the random things that like you feel like you have to do as an intern. And then like, yeah, he would like yell at me for like, uh, like there was a feedback loop and, and I had just like caught, like he was sending a bus to the same bus and that was the feedback loop. And all I said was like, I think it's that bus. And like, he like pulled me out of the room and was like, I could have done that. Like, why did you do that? Like, I guess he was like super like, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is my studio. Like, I don't need you to tell me what to do, but I was just trying to help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that, I, I mean, that's again, just two sour tastes in my mouth of like, Jesus, like, is this what the industry really is? And then you get an opportunity with Andrew. It's like, Nope, that's not what it is. This is incredible. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I had, I had interned at two different places before Andrew. Um, and then I had basically just been doing home studio stuff like on a crappy Toshiba laptop with a, a pre PreSonus two channel interface that my mom bought me for my birthday when I was like 14 or 15. Um, and then that's when I started to like dive into like all of Andrew's like productions and stuff. Cause I was in a band, like I was in a, I was doing, you know, the pop punk thing with a band. Um, and we had gone in to do like an EP, uh, and, I just loved recording and seeing that aspect of it way more than performing. And then that I had also, sense. I had also like blown, I was a singer. I blown my vocal cords cause I was doing like a bunch of different choirs and, and musical theater. And I had gotten like two vocal nodules on my vocal cords, which put me in like vocal rest for like four months. So I was like, I can't really handle singing anymore. So I'll just focus on, 
production. So I spent that time like really diving into like all of the different things, like how an EQ works, how a compressor works, what is an impulse response, you know, things that like, I feel like everyone should know before they try and, you know, work with big dogs like Andrew, like knowing what an impulse response is or like knowing, you know, like what an audio suite plugin is in Pro Tools or like that that kind of stuff. I've had people try to intern for me who didn't even own a DAW. Yeah, it's like, like how can you how can you even think that? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, cool that you've got the initiative to try to get the gig, but like, what are you thinking? Like, right? You should, like doesn't even own a DAW. Well, what are we gonna do? Like, what are we doing? So here's one from Mike Lerma, which is aside from having a great work ethic. What technical skills did you have to be great at right off the bat? Or what technical skills have you consistently had to use from the beginning to get you to the next step? This is an awesome question because I think this is really important. Um, I feel like you need to have that niche thing that you're really good at that sets you like, okay, he can do this. So that's good that we can keep giving him this work while he learns other things. So I feel like I was really good at vocal tuning. Cause I had, I had had to like in the local bands that I was like recording when I was at home in Pittsburgh, no one could sing. So I had to tune people. Um, so I would get really good at vocal tuning and that's what, that was the first thing that I had offered to Andrew because I knew my skill set. Um, I had never edited real drums in my life before working with Andrew. I had never edited guitars and before, I mean, I've recorded them, but I've never edited like real, real instruments before. Cause I was doing like Steven Slate and everything. I was doing like MIDI drums and all that stuff. So what I had to do was vocals. So I would just record vocals and I had to teach myself how to tune and get good at it because it needed to be good. Um, so if you have that niche thing that you're really good at, like that should be the first thing that you offer as you know, what you can do to make the person that you want to work with make their lives easier. So, you know, by tuning all five songs on this EP for Andrew, I'm saving him however many hours of work uh, by tuning all of the vocals. Uh, so that that is super important, I think, to, to have that one thing that you're really good at. With uh, John Douglas, who was editing drums. Yeah, he's a, a drum editing wizard. I, yeah, he's actually. Th- I had I had been told by Andrew, I need you to start editing drums for me, uh, and he was like the first guy that I went to. I, I went and listened to his podcast with you guys because I I knew I had needed to learn from the guru, <laughs> and then I watched Andrew do it. And I think another thing is like things you need to be really good at catching on quickly. Like, it can't be like, eh, this is this is the fifth album we've done together and I've had to redo all of your edits. Like, you need to be, if like the, the record that you're doing, like this is your first time editing drums, it's okay to have mistakes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But the next record, the next record, you should like knock out of the park immediately. No one is going, unless they're a dickhead, is going to ride you if you make mistakes your first time. And that's absolutely yeah. right. Like, I wouldn't ride anybody for that. And the people I worked under... They were cool, you know, my first few times uh, when I made dumb mistakes and uh, that kind of stuff's going to happen. I mean, that's part of teaching somebody. Uh, You have to expect that. But yeah, you're right. If they don't pick up quick, like you got to move on because, you know, life's short. Life's short. Time is money. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. All that shit. It's true. So here's one from Jay Leahy, which is. 
I'm starting an internship next week that is pretty much the first big step of my career. I'm lucky to get the opportunity as it's pretty big and a competitive studio, so I don't want to mess it up. What would be your tips to get the most out of the experience and maximize my chances of being kept on at the end? Thanks. Well, first of all, uh, congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, that's really cool that you got into a cool studio like that, and I hope that you're still there. Um, the things that you need to capitalize on or like focus on while you're there to make the most of your experience is uh, don't this is going to sound like weird, but like, just don't talk. Literally, if, if you're in a session, if you're in a session, just don't talk at all, period. Just watch and listen and learn. Like the second you, you open your mouth and like try and give an opinion or like, or just try to help, like with, tell them yeah, that they're like, sending a feedback loop on a bus. Exactly. That's, he's, that's just going to put a, that's just going to make the session go weird because it's, you, you're trying to take control of it. I learned that very quickly on, like, don't talk because he doesn't care. Even if the engineer is an idiot, uh, it's his studio and it's, it's his or her studio. And it's, it's like their way or the highway, essentially like you're in their house. So the least you can do is just sit there and learn from them. And if you don't agree with them, that's fine. Like don't do what they do in your personal work. But if you're there working for them and it's what they say, that's what, that's what goes. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much like the biggest thing is to just like listen and learn and don't essentially give your, your opinion or your feedback because you're, you're the new guy. Um, do everything diligently, do everything correctly, uh, and do everything fast, but it needs to be high quality. So like, even when it comes to like vacuuming, like don't spend an hour vacuuming the damn studio, like just vacuum it and make sure you're doing it right. And cleaning countertops and taking trash out. Like it's, it's like all... actually just, you could do it all quickly, but just pay attention right. when you're doing it. Right. It's not, it's not like rudimentary work where you're like, yeah, I'll just move the vacuum around for four seconds and I'm done. Like you can do it quickly and accurately and you can do anything quickly and accurately. It's just like you said, not drifting your mind away and focusing on what you're actually doing. That's the hardest part I think is like, yeah, it's a boring job of vacuuming, but like if you do a good job, people notice. And that's the first thing that they notice is like the quality of the job and how quickly it was done to them. And you don't want people to notice you for the wrong reasons too. Like if part of your intern job is to clean, uh, you might not get noticed for cleaning, but you'll definitely get noticed for doing a bad job at it. Right, right. You, Yeah, you won't be like, they won't be like, man, this this toilet looks so good. Who did this? They're, yeah, they're gonna I'm be gonna like, up, I'm going to upgrade from intern to house cleaner. Yeah. It's like, they're going to be like, who didn't clean this toilet? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is disgusting. That's what they'll say. Uh, they won't be like, this is immaculate. Great job, Nick. You're going to move from <laughs> this to, to mixing all my records. Like, that's not what's going to happen. It needs to be like, th yeah, they, they won't talk about you positively. Uh, you won't get noticed for it, but you'll get noticed for doing it poorly. So always just make sure whatever you're doing, it's the best job that you can do um, because that's what's going to set you apart. And that's what's going to make, you know, you stay around and stick around. And when the opportunity comes, when the engineer is sick or when the engineer has to cancel and you're the only one that's in the studio and you're the one that's been sitting there quietly learning the equipment and learning what he's doing, 
he's going to say, Nick, I'm super sick. Uh, I know you're doing a good job or whatever at the studio. Like, do you think you'd be able to handle this one? Then, then boom, there's your opportunity right there because you're a good cleaner. You're not noticed for it, but you never have been told this is horrible. Um, and you've been quiet watching everything, even quiet learning every single thing that he's doing, learning his ways, learning their ways. So you're able to take that opportunity and do it. Like that happened with Andrew. He had, to give you an example, um, I had never tracked drums for a record for him before. Um, but, and this band was like on the last two days of their time here before they had to leave. Uh, and they were an out of state band. So, and something came up with Andrew personally where he was like, I have to go and they need to track these drums. Like, Nick, do you think you can do this? And that's where it comes down to like, yeah, like you got to step up to the plate there and be like, I can do this. And again, that's just another thing that took my relationship with Andrew further was because all I did was sit there and, and watched what he was doing when he recorded drums. Like he, he would let me ask questions obviously. And if the dude doesn't let you ask questions, they're insane. But he let me ask questions about what he's doing or why he's doing that technique um, to help you understand things. And then from there, I knew what his drum setup was, what his drum techniques were, what his miking techniques were for me to be able to go and record the album and get it done for him while he had to go take care of things personally. Like that, that's how you get your ends, I feel like, is, is just focusing, uh, being a good dude and, and working hard and just not slipping up on things that are just rudimentary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, here's an interesting one from Johan Martin. Uh, should I give up because I'm a little introverted? No, no. Uh, I think everyone, not everyone, but I think most people in this line of work are, have social anxiety disorder yeah. and are a little introverted. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize the kind of social anxiety I had until I think like I started to go to like the meetups with URM. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty good at, at like social gatherings and parties and stuff. But like the second I like met other strangers who like were in the audio field too, I was like, whoa, like how do I even like approach this conversation? So like it's, it, it became, I started to become introverted and slowly now I'm, the more we do it, the more I'm getting, you know, relaxed with it. Like in LA, I feel like I was pretty relaxed with it, but um, it's like, yeah, you've been to yeah. a few of them now too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like uh, you can totally be introverted, but do not give up. Like that's the last thing that you want to do. If this is your passion and you might be a little introverted, uh, it just takes like getting yourself out there to, to be comfortable with situations. I totally understand like being uh, an introvert and wanting to just like focus on things yourself and, and do things in your own way or whatever uh, and, and kind of have social anxiety. I get that fully. Um, it just takes like, I think it took me going to a bunch of meetups to then be able to be comfortable to talk to uh, just different guys about things and talk about their projects and vice versa and like be cool and, 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 and be able to talk friendly and be able to talk I guess as a, as a human and, and well, social, social skills are definitely something you can learn. Yeah. Um, and you know, you don't have to suddenly become like the life of the party person or right. something like that, but you can definitely learn how to get along in the world. For just sure. Fine. Totally agree. Like you can definitely, you can't learn to not be an asshole, but you can learn to like be like, you can learn how to be social, I guess, if that makes sense. Like you can't change. I, I feel like personally, there's no way that people can learn to like not be a dick. That's just like how they are. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh, you can learn to like 
slowly come out of your shell a little more from introverted to being a bit more extroverted and being more uh, sociable and, and being able to hang out. I think the coolest thing is with URM is you ha- this this is you have the ability to talk about what you like with other people. So like you know there might be some other introverted people there too who are having a tough time. But like if you're able to you know say like hey like what are you working on? And then, you know, you bring up the same plugin that you both use. And it's like, oh, wow, how cool is that plugin? Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like, there you go. Automatically, 45 minutes later, you're talking about, you know, every single thing that you do in your sessions and you're talking about different funny band stories. And I feel like that's what URM gives you is these meetups too give you the ability to, to chat with people uh, who are in the same realm as you, who who are going through the same thing as you and also know the same tools that you know kind of thing. So Yeah, I definitely encourage everyone who's, uh, in a town where meetups happen or uh, wants a meetup to happen to make them happen, to actually go to them because where else are you going to get the chance to hang out with a bunch of other people who want to yeah. be audio engineers as well as pro audio engineers all in one place? Like, they're your right. people. It's a great opportunity. It's also like people like... Kyle Black and Andrew Wade, like these people are going there too. Like, it's not like it's just the community. It's the people that you've seen in the nail, the mixes. Like Andrew went to the Orlando one, a bunch of guys, uh, I don't know the other guy, Jeff was there for sure. Like yeah. Kyle Black was there. Oh, in LA. Yeah. Je- Jeff yeah. Dunn was there. Kyle Black was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last one, me and Joey were there. Like Bo Burchell was there in Nashville. Billy Decker came the to that one. The guitarist from Blackville like, Brides was there. Like you, yeah. you're never gonna know who you're gonna meet. Like uh, those things, and it's 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 cool to meet these people that you might you know look up to uh, for your for your mixes. Like Kyle Black was a huge inspiration for me to, to be able to meet him, and like because I love the stuff he does with State Champs and everything. So that was super cool to like just sit there and like have a drink with him and talk with him. So yeah. And those opportunities come. And the thing is, these uh, well-known producers and engineers also, you know, have social anxiety problems. Right. And they also yeah. come from that background. So, like, they also enjoy meeting people who are doing the engineering thing. It's not like right. you become a well-known engineer and suddenly you know, like, 50 engineers in your town or something. Like, you're still kind of isolated. So these, uh, so our guest mixers actually enjoy coming to these and meeting people. Um, so you guys should come and work on your social skills. And here's one from Chris Whited, which is, what's your daily schedule slash routine? Do you even have one? My daily schedule and routine. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I go off of a schedule, but now like things, well, this month has kind of been a little hectic because it's kind of, I've been, we've been doing uh, a fast track with John Brown uh, doing uh, how to record, I guess, solid guitar amps and the different amps that you can choose, like different mic selections, amp sims, amp modelers, everything down to like how to get a good DI, what to, what to use when you're recording guitars, essentially. Um, so that's been, uh, going on this entire month. Um, and I've, I've been setting up for that, uh, a lot. It's kind of just been, uh, me, you, and and uh, John doing that. So it's been a lot of fun learning uh, all that stuff and everything. So I've been my my normal schedule uh, has been kind of affected uh, from doing the course, but I'm I'm anticipating that more of that this is probably going to happen in the future. Uh, who knows? Yes. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, that was me asking Al if I'm going to do this more. Al, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, am I fired? <laughs> How good of a job did I do? No. 
but typically like I wake up, I wake up, I don't eat breakfast. Uh, I don't know why, but I don't, uh, I try and go to the gym every morning. Uh, and then from there, uh, I go straight to the studio and, uh, from, for the past couple months, it's literally just been like, I'm at the studio until I need to stop working at the studio. <laughs> Cause I, I, I do a lot of work with Andrew still, but I don't, uh, we've recently been working on the, on the studio even more. So like we haven't had many bands in at the moment. So this has been giving me the opportunity to like work on my own bands and, and work on my own production skills and, and becoming my own sort of producer and, and having my own sound. Um, which has been really cool because I get to bounce that off of Andrew and he gets to give me tips and tricks on like what he would do. So mm-hmm. I basically work in the studio all day. Uh, I take a break when I need my ears to take a break. I take a break when I get hungry uh, for lunch. I'll like leave the studio and just go buy a quick lunch and that, that gives me a break and everything. Uh, come back, eat some sort of dinner, leave for dinner and then hang out you know, with my girlfriend in the evenings and like just try and wind down and relax because the day was probably long because it's getting to the studio at nine practically or uh, whenever time I get to the studio, it's it's typically before 10. Yeah, that's basically it is like just work really hard during the day and then relax really hard in the evenings because I feel like that's, there's a super, that's, a, that's super important uh, is to. It's part of the, doing the work in right. my opinion is uh, recovering from the work. Right. You need to work so hard that like you work into your schedule, like this is time to recover. And I think, um, when I was working so hard for those eight months, I feel like that almost kind of negated my work. Uh, it, it does. I wasn't allowing myself to re- to, to relax or, or, or just go hang out with friends because I was like, no, like I need to be working because that's what's going to get me further is by working. And well, you, you know, the thing is you say that now you say that like maybe it negated the work, but I know a lot of people who look back on that time period in their lives where they worked like that. And they were like, maybe, you know, maybe it was counterproductive. But the thing is that since every successful person I know, has had a time period where they hustled like that, I think that it is productive because I don't know a single successful person that didn't have that time period where instead of having that hustle, that intense hustle, they were like, I'm just going to chill with my girlfriend at night. Yeah. Like you got to get to the point where you can do that. Right. But I, yeah, I guess it's, it's such a weird tightrope because I feel like you have to there has to be some sort of point where you work crazy hours to get to the point where you can almost set your own schedule, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to work like there. I feel like there has to be that like initiation stage of like, all right, I got to just grind and grind and grind until I get the, the break that I need. Um, and then once the break comes and it's like, okay, well I worked super hard and I, and I earned this, I earned the, 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 the ability to now go home and just relax. Or I, I, I worked so hard that I now get to earn the ability to, you know, take a step back and breathe and, and not be 100% on work all the time. Cause that's, that's how I was. And that also ultimately, like, to be honest, it crushed a lot of my personal relationships, like friends, like constantly just denying, hanging out with friends, uh, constantly neglecting the people that I cared about, uh, in that time. Like I, it's, it's, it's a kind of a weird depressing turn, but like, it's true. Like you need to be able to control that because you need to have a personal life as much as you need to have a work life. And I think I'm just young and I'm trying to figure out what that balance is. Um, but 
I feel like everyone gets to the point where they they figured it out. And for me, it was like, I need to just work super hard. And then I got kicked in the face with like, you are tired. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, that'll happen eventually. But I mean, look, there's a reason for why lots of people with high intensity jobs have multiple divorces and yeah and stuff like that it just is what it is like there's right like you can i like the phrase you can do anything you want in life but you can't do everything right and something's got to give and exactly that's i that's actually a really awesome quote what was it again you can do anything you want but you can't do everything yes yeah i love that because that i've realized that and like it took like losing uh, lots of relationships and losing like opportunities with friends and and parties and weddings and stuff to like be like yeah uh, you, you lost that so yeah but the, but the thing with weddings the way I always saw it was if you look at it statistically probably gonna be divorced within two years <laughs> so I'd rather just do the work. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, I've made it a goal for myself to hopefully, uh, with the woman that I married, to never divorce because I would, I would never want to put a family through that kind of thing. That, well, that's I so nice of you. People. You're such a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, like, uh, yeah, it's, it, you have to set those kind of goals, though, like, I feel like. No, it's, it's true. So, all right, so last question, and this is from Max Kessler. Which is, uh, were there moments during the first few months of your internship where yes. it seemed like everything was coming at you at once and it seemed like a bombardment of information? And if so, yeah. how did you overcome those hurdles and manage to crush it from there on out? I, I knew what he was going to ask the second you said <laughs> that. Um, yeah, everything was coming at me all at once immediately. Uh, like the second, the second Andrew found out that I had audio potential, it was like, all right, Let's throw everything at the wall and see like what sticks. And luckily, like a lot of the edits that I did kind of stuck. So it was then like, okay, we have a full length album, uh, and here's like the vocals to tune, uh, perform the background vocals and tune them, uh, edit all the drums, quantize all the drums, and then you know make a MIDI map of those drums, uh, any record the bass. Uh, and then edit the bass, like all of these things kind of just slap you in the face at once. Uh, and it's definitely like easy to sit there and be like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. How do I do this? Like, uh, but I feel like that adrenaline pushed me to like get better. And, and like you said, at the start, I knew that like going into it, like Andrew would not ream me for like, you know, messing up the first time I did it. Like he would just be like, this is what you did wrong. Here's what you can do next time and do better. Um, so like, yeah, things would, things would bombard me at the, at the beginning, but like things just get slowly easier the more you do it. Like I was so intimidated by tracking drums. Cause I, that's like, I was always thinking like, how do you keep all of that in phase? How do you, uh, how do you record that? And like, how do you make sure nothing clips constantly? And how do you make sure that like you're getting the right takes and how do you know when the drummer's hitting correctly? Like that was such an intimidating thought to me. And that's what like, that's why I was always just like, you know what, screw it. I'm not even going to try. We're going to use Steven Slay. We're going to use superior. We're going to do whatever it takes to not record drums. That's what I was doing when I was like working at, at home. Um, but like doing more and more records and like recording more and more drums, like you just get comfortable with it. Uh, but you need to throw yourself at it. Like it's, 
it's almost good that like a bunch of things landed on my lap at once because that like forced me to, to like learn strengths quickly and learn where I'm not good so that I can make those just as good as the other things that I was good at, like vocal tuning, like vocal tuning was easy, but it was still work. So like, I just knocked that out quickly to to then know that I needed to spend most of my time on drums because I needed to make them, you know, sound good in, in time and you don't hear the edits and all that stuff. So yeah, it, I got bombarded definitely. And I feel like anyone who- Anyone will. Yeah, anyone will. And even if it's just like it, it, at any at any level, like vocal tuning for the first time, that could feel like a huge bombardment. Um, but in my situation, it was like, here's the entire record. Uh, let's get this edited. And it's like, oh the boy. The bombardment doesn't stop. Like if you're progressing in life- Yeah. Uh, the bombardment doesn't stop. Like right. there will always be something like right now we're putting together this URM summit, uh, fucking bombardment. Yeah. Like, so much stuff, so much stuff that we got to learn. Cause we've never done something like this for the first right. time. You, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. That's yeah. There's always going to be that. So you should just accept it and love it and, uh, do your best with it. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, and people, if you want to uh, talk to Nick, ask him more questions, or just hang out, he is in the URM group, uh, and he will, since he's traveling with us, he will be at a lot of the URM meetups that myself and Joey and Joel will be at, so come and hang out with him, or yeah, like I said, talk to him in the Private Producers Club yeah, group. absolutely. I don't and, think I'm anything big. I'm just a guy that's that's working with my hero and now my my other heroes. So uh, if you do have any questions you, you want to ask me or if you do want to talk to me about anything, just hit me up uh, on Facebook or whatever, and then from there we can just keep chatting. Whatever you want, Like I'm, I'm here to help people because I've had so many awesome opportunities come my way. It's the least I can do to help someone else, so... Thank you, A.L., for all the opportunities you've given me, and I really appreciate your time today. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. See ya. The Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast is brought to you by Line 6. Line 6 is a musical instruments manufacturing company that specializes in guitar amp and effects modeling and makes guitars, amps, effects pedals, and multi-effects. We introduced the world's first digital modeling amp, and we're behind the groundbreaking pod multi-effect, which revolutionized the industry with an easy way to record guitar with great tone. Line 6 will always take dramatic leaps so you can reach new heights with your music. Go to www.line6.com to find out more about Line 6. To get in touch with the URM podcast, visit urm.com slash podcast and subscribe today.